You're listening to the Pastor Motes Podcast. Take your Bibles, if you will, to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13. 1 Corinthians, chapter 13. Last week, we began a new series looking at passages in the Scripture that identify things that you and I as believers should follow after. And we really focused in on those two words, follow after. It means to pursue, to give oneself to. It means literally to run after, to seek after. It means to flee too. So it's a very powerful, powerful thought and, and term here. And so we began in Romans chapter 14. You don't need to turn there. We're going to quickly get to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14 in just a moment. But we began looking at Romans 14 and And uh, verse 17, there where it says, and I'll remind you, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things, righteousness, which means uprightness, peace, which means harmony. Harmony, first of all, with God, then harmony with man. Harmony in the home we talked about. Harmony in the church we talked about. And joy, these things, joy, calm delight, cheerfulness, gladness, fullness is the idea there. This this joy serveth, obeyeth, or honoreth Christ is acceptable. Boy, he that in these things, righteousness, peace, joy, serveth Christ, is acceptable. That means well-pleasing to God and approved of men. Let us therefore, and here's our key words, follow after. I mean, Pursue with great earnestness and intensity and passion. Let us follow after the things which make for peace. Now, I'll remind you also that follow after is written in the present tense. What does that mean? Well, it means this should be my daily habit of life. That's what it means. This is what should mark or characterize my life. This is what I should be known for. This is habitually the way I live my life. Follow after, and it's written as an exhortation, so it's not just a suggestion. This is a command. Follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. I kind of ran out of time last week, and I didn't really get to touch on that, but we understand what that means. We know what it means to edify one another, right? To build up, to be a blessing to one another, to encourage each other. 
to minister to one another. That's the idea. It's it's setting self aside and it's how can I be a blessing to, how can I build up, how can I minister to, how can I meet the needs, how can I encourage my brother or my sister in Christ. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to go right into chapter 14, but if you look at the last verse of chapter 13, verse 13, and we're going to read right into chapter 14, verse 1. But notice what the last verse of chapter 13 says, verse 13, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Now, notice the first words of chapter 14. Follow after. Follow after. Pursue with great earnestness and intensity and passion. Follow after. Give yourself to. Follow after. Run after. Flee to. Charity. Agape love. By the way, present tense, (laughs) this should be the way you live your life every day. This should be the norm for your life and for my life. This should mark us. This should characterize us. This should be normal for us. It's an exhortation. Again, not a suggestion. Follow after charity, agape love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Let's pray together. Our Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to be together this morning. We thank you for the way you've already spoken to our hearts this morning and ministered to us. And now I pray as we gather around your word, Father, that you'd help us to forget about all the cares and concerns all about us, things that happened last week, things that are coming up this week. Father, I pray for the next few moments we could just focus in on your truth And allow your Holy Spirit to take your Holy Word and work in our hearts to draw us close to thyself, Father, to make us more like thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray there wouldn't be any distractions. Pray, Lord, that we could just grow in your Word this morning. May thy Holy Spirit take Thy word and meet each need of every heart here this morning. Minister to each one. Thank you for those watching online this morning. We're grateful for each one. We pray you'd bless them as well. Father, meet each need of every heart. May the Lord Jesus be magnified. Our prayer is that you would be glorified, that thy people would be strengthened and edified and blessed and built up and ministered to. And if there's one who is not saved, 
that they would be gloriously saved this morning. Work in each heart. Have thine own way. Might we fully yield to thee today. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to focus in on this thought of following after charity. And I mentioned that charity is that word agape. Speaking of agape love, it's used somewhere around 320 times in the New Testament. And so it is, to say the least, it is a major theme of the New Testament. Now, what is it? Well, first of all, I would characterize it as a giving love. It's a giving love. It's a love that gives. It is a love that is not based on emotion, but it's based on the will. So it's not emotional, it's volitional. It's based on the will. We know that because it is a commandment. It is something that's commanded, and so it's something for the will to respond to. You can't command emotions, but you can command the will. In fact, we see in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, and thou shalt love, there's our word, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So it's volitional, this matter of agape love. This matter of charity, it's volitional, it's an act of the will, it's not emotional. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love, there's our word, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It'll manifest itself in giving, giving, it's a giving love. There is none other commandment greater than these. Now that's a powerful statement, isn't it? So this is something you and I should be uh, very interested in. We should perk up when we hear a statement like this. There is none other commandment greater than these. John chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment, a new commandment. I give unto you that ye love, there's our word, that ye love one another as, just like, in the same manner, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. God commendeth His love toward us. He demonstrated it. It's a giving love. So it's an action word. It's always giving. John chapter 10 and verse 11, I am the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus said. The good shepherd giveth, giveth his life for the sheep. Titus chapter 2 and verse 14 who gave himself for us. It's a giving love. Gave himself for us. Why? That, 
in order that, for the purpose that, he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good work. So this, this charity that you and I are commanded to follow after, to pursue, to live out daily, every day, that should be uh, the habit of our lives, the norm that should mark us and, and identify us as believers, that it's a giving love. It's a giving love. Not only that, it's a self-sacrificing love. This charity that you and I are to follow after, it is a self-sacrificing love. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2, and walk in love. That, that's our word. Love there is our word, agape. And walk, walk, present imperative, present imperative. Now, if you remember from school, you know what an imperative is. Something you better do. It's not a question mark, it's an exclamation point. That's an imperative. So again, this is not recommended, it's not suggested. If you name the name of Christ, this is imperative. Walk in love. Walk is present tense every day. In everything you say, in everything you do, this is habitual. It's the habit of your life. When people hear your name, this is what they think about. When they see you coming, this is what they think about. This is your testimony. Walk in love. As, just as, even as, Christ also hath loved us. Would you say that's a high calling? A high command? Oh, I would. That gives me pause. I think, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. I've got a long way to go. A long way to go. A lot of walking to do. And hath given, given himself. Given himself. It's a self-sacrificing love. Hath given himself for us. Praise the Lord. An offering and a what? A, a sacrifice. A sacrifice. It's a self-sacrificing love to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Agape is a love that denies self for the benefit of the one loved. It's a self-sacrificing love. It denies self for the blessing, for the good, for the growth, for the benefit of the one loved. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed. It's a self-sacrificing love. Is sacrificed for us. And so it's a self-sacrificing love that you and I are commanded here to follow after every single day. In every decision that I make, 
in every attitude that I express, in every word that I speak, in every action and deed, in my manner of life, follow after charity. And then, agape love, charity, here, follow after, is an unselfish love. It's a selfless love. It's a selfless love. Paul said, this is always moving to me when I read this, and I will very gladly, gladly spend and be spent I looked that up because I was curious, just what does that Greek term mean there, to, to spend and be spent? means to just be exhausted and worn out in my labor for you. And he said, I'll gladly do it. That's agape love because it's, it's, it's a selfless love, it's an unselfish love. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about here. Though the more abundantly I love, and that's our word, I love you, the less I be loved. And that's the, the word. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10. Herein is love. You want to see love? Well, here it is. Herein is love, and that's our word. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation, the full payment for our sins. You see, it's a very unselfish love. It's a selfless love. John 15 and verse 13, greater love, that's our word, hath no man than this that a man lay down his life. You see, it's a very unselfish love. It's a very selfless love. That a man lay down his life for his friends. That's what I'm supposed to be following after as a Christian. I'm supposed to be following after this, this charity, this, this agape love, this unselfish, selfless, self-sacrificing, giving love. Follow after. Not only that, it's a sanctifying love. It has this cleansing, purifying effect upon the recipient of it. It affects in a wonderful way, in a spiritual way, in a godly way, the person who is the recipient of it, it makes them stronger spiritually. It makes them more Christ-like. It ministers to them. It blesses them. It makes them healthy spiritually as well in, as other ways. It's a sanctifying love. Husbands love, that's our word, your wives, even as, what a challenge, Christ also loved, that's our word, the church, 
and gave himself for it because it's a giving love and a self-sacrificing love and a selfless love and an unselfish love and gave himself for it that, in order that, for the purpose that, he might sanctify and cleanse it. Otherwise, I would still be in my sin. Otherwise, I would still be lost and undone. But He gave Himself for you, for me, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word, that, in order that, He might present it to Himself, a glorious church. Boy, look at the effect of sanctifying love, of agape love that we're supposed to be following after. Glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or or any such thing, but strong contrast, just the opposite, the antithesis, that it should be holy. Boy, there's the effect of, of agape love, sanctifying love, and without blemish. This is what I'm supposed to be following after. What kind of effect is my love having upon those who are closest to me? What kind of effect? A corroding effect or a Christ-like effect? Is it a sanctifying love? Does it minister to... Does it build up? Does it, does it bless? Does it encourage? Does it make that one healthy? Spiritually speaking, does it make that person more like Christ, more obedient to His Word? Follow after, follow after charity. It's a sanctifying Love. It's a love that places great value upon that person and then sacrifices in order to meet that person's need. I place great value on that person and I'll do whatever it takes to meet their needs. That's this idea of charity here that we're supposed to be following after agape love. And of course, it's Best seen, I think, in John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. He placed great value upon and He gave. And He met our greatest need, right? What was our greatest need? Salvation. Reconciliation to God, redemption, justification. That was our greatest need. That's what He did. That He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. met our need. Our greatest need. He placed value on us. Even while we were yet sinners. And he met our greatest 
need should not perish, but just the opposite, have everlasting life. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4, who gave himself, placed great value upon, gave himself for our sins that, why did he do it? He might deliver us from this present evil world. 1 John 3 and verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's an action word, isn't it? Agape, this word charity. It's Now, if you even think about uh, charity in the way that it's used today, which doesn't even touch what we're talking about. But if you even think of the typical idea of charity today, it's giving, right? It's giving. And you're giving that you might help somebody else or be a blessing to someone else. That's just a general sense of it. But boy, think about this agape love. It's supposed to be not just in our words. Oh, I, you know, I love others. Do you? Oh, well, I love my wife. What do you? It's supposed to be indeed. It's an action word. It's a giving love. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's an unselfish love. It's a selfless love. It's a sanctifying love. It's a love that places such value upon that it'll do whatever it takes and it'll set itself aside and do whatever is necessary to meet the needs of the one love. It's in deed. We're going to have to do something. And it's in truth. Well, it's one thing to say, it's another thing to do and to live out the truth of it. Follow after charity. It's a God-like love. We know that because it's produced by the Holy Spirit of God who is within you if you are a born-again child of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is love. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love, and that's our word, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How? By, that's our preposition, by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. That only happens in the life of a yielded believer, by the way. That's why some people say, oh, I'm a Christian, but they live like the devil. When they say, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I, I got saved when I was so-and-so, but you wouldn't know it by observing their life. No, this is what should mark us. This is what should characterize us. This fruit of the Holy Spirit who lives within you as a believer. This fruit should be manifested, expressed. It should be visible in your life. And it will be if you, in fact, are yielded to God then your members will become instruments of righteousness for His name's sake. 
This is this charity, this agape love that you and I are commanded to follow after, to pursue with passion, with with intensity, with earnestness, to, to run after. Why do you run after something? Well, if you're if you're passionate about it, if you're excited about it, you're going to run after it. You're going to flee to it. You're going to, to seek it. That's the idea. Follow after, give yourself to charity, agape love. That should be your trademark. That should be my trademark. This should be our testimony right here. Now let's learn a little bit more about it. So what I want you to do now is back up a few verses, back into chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And look with me, if you will, at verse 4. We're going we're gonna to take a look at this, and this is why we're not going to get done this morning. There's just too much to, it's too much to uh, take in. Charity suffereth long. You see that? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Charity suffereth long. It never gets impatient. And it really speaks specifically of patience in the midst of, of trials and tests and difficulties. It doesn't crumble. It doesn't fall apart. No, it understands. It waits. Self-restraint in the face of provocation. Boy, that's hard, isn't it? This is what we're supposed to be following after. Self-restraint in the face of provocation, in the face of aggravation, in the face of irritation, in the face of frustration. That's agape love. That's what it does. By the way, that, that doesn't come naturally. That doesn't come easily. We're supposed to be following after this, yielding to God such that the Spirit of God will produce this in us and through us, but it doesn't become impatient when it's tried, it, it, when it's wronged, when it has to face misunderstanding, when people disapprove. In fact, it just goes on as sweetly and gently as, as if people do approve. That's the idea here. Charity suffereth long. It is, it is long suffering. It doesn't retaliate. It doesn't push back. It's, in, it's not in a hurry to punish anybody. You know, when I was studying this, I couldn't help but think about David because we spent a long time looking at the life and ministry of David, looking at the Psalms of David last year, and just how that expressed his heart for God, his love for God. But I was thinking about that in terms of of uh, David when he was being pursued by Saul. Listen, on no less than 24 occasions, Saul sought to take David's life, but David never retaliated. It's ama- that's just amazing to me. He, he never 
He never hit back, if, if you want to say that, put it that way. He, 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 didn't, he didn't seek out vengeance. And what you see is forbearance and forgiveness. And you see this, this patient love and this, this persistent loyalty. So much so that he almost won Saul over. That's what should mark us. That's what my life should look like. That's what the world needs. They need to see Christians who are long-suffering, who suffer long. What an impact, what a difference that would make. Are you long-suffering? I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. You say you're a Christian? Walk worthy by the grace of God, by the power of the Spirit. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in what? In love, that's our word. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In other words, if you and I would actually do what the Lord tells us to do, what a sweet fellowship, what a sweet unity, this, this bond of peace. Follow after charity. This charity that's, that is long-suffering, that suffers long, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, and in distresses. Those things are not easy. But we have to follow after charity. By pureness. By knowledge. By long-suffering. This is how you'll do it. By kindness. I don't want to give offense in anything. Well, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. By the Holy Ghost, by, here's our word, love, unfeigned. That means that's genuine, that's, that's real, that's sincere. Now we understand why chapter 14 verse 1 says, this is what we're supposed to be following after as believers. This charity, this agape Love. Not only that, it says it's kind. Boy, this, this agape love, this charity is, is kind. It's always kind. It doesn't harbor vindictive thoughts. No, it's, it's, it's always showing this, this positive kindness where pa patient passively waits. This, boy, this, Kindness is eager to be in action. In other words, what I'm saying is, <laughs> there's one thing to be patient, and it just sort of, okay, I'll just sort of, I'll wait this out. 
Kindness. No, kindness is the idea. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actively, I'm gonna actively minister and work and help and serve and I'm gonna do something about this. It's an action word. Doing kind things to those around us. Saying kind, encouraging words. That's the idea here. Is that you? Is that me? Bestowing benefits on others. Is that us? That's this idea here of kind, gentleness, sweetness in its makeup and in its expression. It doesn't have an edge to it. There's no sharpness to us, to it. It, it. it is kind, kind. I heard about a little girl and she prayed. And she said, Heavenly Father, please make the bad people good and make the good people nice, right? Make the good people nice, kind. That's the word here, kind. Pleasant words, kind words, gracious words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. And be ye kind one to another. Again, this is what we're supposed to follow after. This is supposed to mark us, identify us. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Kind one to another. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowels of mercies, a heart of mercy. Kindness. People say, you know what? I'll tell you about him. <laughs> Let me tell you about her. One of the kindest people I know. Just kind, gracious, sweet, gentle, caring, loving. Kindness. Humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Follow after charity, and charity is kind. It's kind. It's sweet. It's, it's gracious. Charity envieth not. It never gets jealous. Interesting when you study the word envieth here, the Greek word behind it, Z-E-L-O-O, it's a it's the idea of envy and jealousy. It kind of encapsulates those two thoughts. Envy is when you want to deprive someone of something they have. They shouldn't have that. It's envy. You want to deprive someone of something they have. Jealousy, you want what someone has. And you think you ought to have that. If they have it, you ought to have it. And you, ought, you deserve it more than they do anyway. But it's an it's idea of selfishness there. Mean-spirited feeling of ill will. That's We kind of talked about Wednesday night. The Corinthians were struggling with, these, with the strife and the jealousy and the, and the divisions. And one of the things they were... I think when you get over to chapter 12, they were, they were jealous of each other's spiritual gifts. 
Well, they, why, do they, why do they have that? Someone's doing better than you seemingly, or they, they, they have more than you physically or materially or financially or even spiritually, maybe. But boy, that's not love. Love doesn't compete. In fact, love will actually pray for and support the, the very one who has the gifts and the success that you admire. That's agape love. That, agape love will, will not be envious or jealous of that. They'll support and they'll pray for that person. Charity envieth not. It rejoices at the success of others. That's agape love. Well, I thought about the Lord Jesus, who was the opposite of, of this envy and jealousy. The Lord Jesus always took the lowest place, didn't He? And He always taught us that the, the way to the top is at the bottom. Right? That was the Lord Jesus Christ. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. Shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Follow after charity. There won't be any envy. There won't be any jealousy when we follow after agape love. When we follow after Charity, well, we're quickly running out of time. Maybe we'll do one or two more, and we'll, we'll finish the rest, Lord willing, tonight. Here's charity. It vaunteth not itself. Never boasts. Never boasts. It's not egotistical. It never exalts itself. It never puts itself Forward, it never exalts its ability. It never parades its own imagined superiority. No. Vaunteth, you see that means braggart. <laughs> the one who boasts and, and brags. I want to tell you, this is the truth. Love and pride does not coexist together in the same heart. We ought to think about that. Love and pride is not going, they're not going to get along with each other. I'm going to tell you, you can be big-headed or you can be big-hearted, but you're not going to be both. You're not going to be both. Because love and pride, they don't dwell in the same heart. Agape love that we're talking about here, it's the opposite of a proud, boastful person. It's the opposite of a person who wants to, to show off or draw attention to self. No, not, not agape love. It's not anxious to impress anyone. 
Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Agape love. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. First Peter chapter 5 tells us, be clothed with humility. <laughs> you get the picture there. Well, that's, that's what your life looks like. You're just clothed in humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Follow after charity. Follow after charity. It's not puffed up. I'll do this one and one more and we'll stop. I want to get to a good place to stop. I want to leave you on these. Don't be puffed up. Self-sacrificing love, agape love is never conceited. It's interesting if you study the Greek word behind puffed up, it means to be inflated to be inflated, to have an exaggerated idea of his own importance. No, love is humble. It doesn't puff up. It builds up, right? Real love doesn't puff up. It, it builds up. You know what love does, agape love? It sort of comes out of the shade in order to do its good deed, and then it retires back into the shade. It never seeks the spotlight. Never seeks the spotlight. It is not puffed up. Never thinks, boy, look what I did. Never thinks that what it did was all that great or out of the ordinary. Does not exhibit pride or self-esteem. Not, not agape love. It never seeks attention or praise. Jonathan Edwards said this, Nothing sets a man so much out of the devil's reach as humility. I like that. Only by pride cometh contention. No, 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 no. Follow after charity. Follow after charity. And there was also a strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? Oh boy. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in 
spirit. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Let's, let's do this last one and we'll stop. This is what we're supposed to be following after. As a believer, as one who names the name of Christ, this should be the trademark, if you will, of, of my life. This should be my testimony. Look at this charity, this, uh, this agape love. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Never gets rude, discourteous, or unmannerly. Here's the idea. It never displays inappropriate behavior. That's the idea. Agape love never displays inappropriate behavior. It's never boorish, coarse, rough, rude. It says please and thank you. It knows how to behave itself at all times. That's the, that's the general idea. It always has something meaningful to contribute, something that is thoughtful, something that, that edifies. It, it pays respect and, and compliments to others. It's well-mannered. It's well-behaved. That's the thought here. Knows how to be a gentleman. Knows how to be a lady. It's polite and considerate and helpful and encouraging. It does not act in a, in a childish way, in a spiritually immature way. Let your speech be always with grace. I love the definition that we, we got in Sunday School of Grace this morning. Kindness that's rooted in love. I'm going to have to add that one to my, my list there. I like that. Kindness that's rooted in love. Let your speech be always with, with grace, with kindness, graciousness, rooted in love, seasoned with salt. Salt is a preservative. That means what you're saying Rather than corroding and corrupting, it is preserving that person. It's gracious words, edifying, building up, blessing, ministering, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, be courteous, friendly and kind. Here's the last verse we'll look at this morning. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. See, it doesn't behave itself unseemly. That never acts in an inappropriate way. This is what I'm supposed to be following after. This is what you and I are supposed to be following after if we name the name of Christ. Follow after charity. Pursue it with great intensity and earnestness and passion. Give yourself to it. Run after it. It ought to mark your life. Give yourselves, follow after charity, agape love. Now, let me ask you this. Are you willing to make some changes 
I can tell you all about agape love. We're going to spend another whole message on it tonight. But unless you and I are willing to take it to heart, unless we're, we're willing to really examine our hearts and lives and say, you know what? Well, I knew some of these things, but I really haven't been applying this. I really hadn't been practicing this. Boy, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm missing the mark. I'm missing the mark in some of these areas. Folks, that's why we come and we gather around God's Word and it, it challenges me first as I'm studying it. But we're not just going through motions. I trust each of us, and again, beginning in my own heart, when, we're, when we see these things, this is, what, this is what God is commanding us to do, what we're supposed to follow after as believers. Am I willing to, to really take an honest look at my life and say, you know what, I've, I've been falling short in this area, to be honest with you. I'm not following after charity like I'm supposed to. Are you willing to make changes this morning? That's what's going to make the difference. The knowledge, well, that's just what it is. It's knowledge. But what are we going to do with it? That's what will make the difference in our lives. I hope you'll let the Spirit of God speak to your heart. I hope you'll be tender and receptive and responsive. Say, you know what, I, I really kind of missing it in some of these areas, but I, I want to get on track. I really want to follow after what the Lord has for my life. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for our time in your house this morning. Thank you for the singing and the fellowship and the teaching. And, and uh, Lord, every part of the service has been a blessing to us. Thank you for it. Thank you for your people. What a joy and blessing to gather with your people. Lord, I am truly grateful for each one. Lord, I don't think there's a one of us, especially me, who would say, you know what, I, I measure up in each one of these areas. I pray you'd help us to humbly examine our hearts in light of your word. And Father, to make the changes by your grace that need to be made. Would you work in our hearts? because our desire is to truly follow after these things that you call us to follow after, Lord, to, to be the people you want us to be, to have the impact, to have the testimony you want us to have, to please you first and foremost. Lord, would you have your way in our hearts this morning? Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.